Welcome to the GovCon Geek Squadcast, folks. I am psyched up, ready to go to bring some more information for you and to share and hopefully get some good conversations started. This episode is going to talk about, well, opportunities. Now, before I get into what I mean by opportunities and what this is all about, I want to make sure I give some props out there to the folks who are supporting us uh, as we do these programs and others. Uh, I'm, I'm excited because a lot of you that know me uh, know I can't sit still. Uh, it's a wonder where my daughter gets it from. And so I've got a lot of things going on, like well, leading the GovCon Club and then also leading the Government Contracting Club at the Tower Club in Tyson's Corner. Uh, we have some great programs for this year. I also serve at the pleasure of the uh, executive director of the uh, HUBZone Council on their uh, workforce initiative. And you'll be seeing some more information come out about that as well. Uh, And then just the folks out there that support us, so many members, uh, founding members, other members and so forth, you know, special attention to the folks, you know, that came on early to, you know, this program and some of the others. So in addition to the Tower Club, there's also uh, our friends at Offit Kerman, uh, my buddy Ed Delisle, a uh, huge supporter and a great friend. Uh, our new friends at Parabolus. You'll be seeing them and hearing them uh, at some of the programs for the GovCon Club and the Government Contracting Club uh, this year. So we're excited about that. Teresa Ryan and Adam over there. Uh, and so, and, and there's others coming on board. You know, my buddy Rob, Gen- Rob Genesoni, who uh, supports me on the government contracting side of things. He was my uh, deputy chair the first time we did this when we started three years ago. And, uh, well, you know, Rob didn't get enough punishment the first time. So he's back for round two, do it again. And in all seriousness, Rob is awesome. And he and I have already plotted things out. It's going to be a lot of fun. But, gang, here's the deal. You know, there, there was a piece I did recently, and there's going to be a blog coming out on the uh, GovCon Geek Squad newsletter on LinkedIn uh, to this effect. But there was, there was an article I read, you know, that all in all was a really good article, absolute sage point, but it, but it talked about, you know, RFIs being a first step on your road to success in government contracting. And, and so it got me thinking. And... I really want to have this conversation because this is something that we teach during our ethical stalking programs, ethical stalking for government contractors. Uh, Finally, after all these years, federal trademark, thanks to my friend, uh, Darren Oito. Darren, thank you very much for your support and helping Maggie and I get that protected. And um, guys, here's the deal. You know, we talk about really two things and that's what the the when I write an article about this that's going to delve deeper into it but when you think about where an opportunity starts my question for everyone is is that your start of that opportunity or is it your customer's start of the opportunity now going back you know or down deeper even more where does your start compare to their start? Think about it. You know, a, a lot of folks look at, you know, business opportunities in the federal sector. 
and quite honestly, their first knowledge of a business opportunity for them occurs when they see it on, well, now contract opportunities for us old timers. It was Fed Biz Ops or CBD or all those different things, you know, Commerce Business Daily, uh, not the other CBD. Um, but the whole thing is this, and that is a very common place for opportunities to start. If you knock it back just a little bit, maybe it's at a forecast uh, that you pull down from an agency. And that's even a better start than seeing it pop up, you know, on a, on a, you know, the GPE government point of entry, like contract opportunities. But where else does it start? So if you if you think, you know, about the first time you become aware of an opportunity, let's say somebody told you, a colleague, a, you know, a, a partner organization that you work with, and they said, hey, there's this opportunity. Freeze that for a second. And I want you to think about what's going on at that moment in time with that opportunity. Now, Opportunity is a word that when you really start getting into business development, you know, Michelle and I tend to, well, get very specific about how we use those terms. And so an opportunity is something that's past a certain, you know, level of scrutiny. So what comes before an opportunity? Well, there's a lead. And a lead is something that may eventually become an opportunity, but again, hasn't gone through the gauntlet yet of, you know, is this really an opportunity? And then there's the whole part about what's an opportunity to you may not be an opportunity to me. And not just because we do different things. Let's say we do the exact same thing, you know, but maybe there's a different criteria that you apply than maybe I do. So all of these things come into play when you use the word opportunity. But, but more to the point, what I want to talk about here is if you freeze that moment of when your company first identifies a business opportunity, where is the world? Where are your competitors? You know, is that their starting point also? Where is your customer? Is that their starting point? And, and I want you to think about it because... You know, one of the things that we talk about quite a bit is, you know, getting ahead of the opportunity. Well, the the issue is if you don't know where the opportunity starts, how do you get ahead of it? And so think about for a second, you know, what the role is of folks who earn the the badge, the title of a contracting officer. These are professionals uh, in the government sector who have gone through training uh, and have been giving authorization, you know, a, a grant, you know, a warrant where they are legally authorized, eligible to contractually bind the U.S. government. Now think about that. That's a big deal. And that's a lot of work that goes into achieving that and also maintaining that, being successful in that place. And so, 
you know, what comes to mind is know your audience. And so if that is part of the audience that we all must engage with relative to, um, you know, where opportunities begin and so forth, well, what's that audience listening for? What do they want to hear from us? I, I will tell you, in most cases, it's not going to be an in-depth technical conversation about the virtues of your offering or exactly what's going to happen when certain things get deployed or implemented as a result of this contract. They may be completely read in and know what it all means, but it's not what's important to them at that moment. They have a very specific job. So that brings me to this this other part of the conversation. So if they're not really concerned about, you know, what you do from the standpoint of exactly when you turn that wrench or or you know teach that class, you know, and 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 delivering a requirement to the US government, well then then there must be somebody else that does. And just like lead and opportunity is something we scrutinize, so do we scrutinize customer and buyer. Now, there are some instances where a customer can be a buyer if it's a certain level purchase and they've got a purchase card, you know, smart pay, and they can, you know, execute that because it, you know, meets all the, uh, you know, checkpoints for a um, micro purchase, for example, up to 10K or, uh, you know, even simplified acquisitions, which are technically still being done by buyers, but they move a little quicker and act a little different than lots of other types of purchases that people are maybe more familiar with. So all that said, the customer is the person that is going to take possession of whatever is delivered with a certain contract, product, service, or solution. And with that being the case, they also are probably the same organization or part of the same organization that will make decisions about how many or how long, um, what color, what configuration, where it's going to go, who's going to use it, all those various things. But what's probably not on their plate is how it's going to get bought. Again, unless it's going to be a micro-purchase, you know, and somebody in their office has a P-card, you know, and obviously the authority to do those buys. So if that's the case, and this is what's on their plate, then why don't more companies talk about that relationship or talk about that target because on any given day in the federal sector talking to almost any company you know regardless of size or discipline the emphasis emphasis is on breaking bread you know making contact with the contracting officer I'll tell you though for me and for anyone that doesn't know I only worked for small business Uh, my entire career on the sales side. I work with lots of companies now, regardless of size. You know, obviously we have a a very strong relationship with the small business community. 
But I will tell you, in all my years, contracting officers were folks I had relationships with, but they were not necessarily the center of my universe. I was doing everything I could to get to the people that were going to use what I was selling or wrote the requisitions for what they were going to buy, hopefully, which was what I was selling, or the folks who could exert some influence uh, on helping us position ourselves as, you know, a source, the source that they wanted to use. So all that said, where does your opportunity start? If you look at something like how the government, talk about DOD for a second, but it's similar throughout government, how they acquire services. You know, there, there's a nifty, you know, little chart that you can look at um, provided by DAU and it's the service acquisition process. And here's the trick. There are seven steps, you know, on this chart. Now, we use this in our training to show it to people to help them visualize what we're talking about. And what we tell them is, if you look at these seven steps, high level, just the titles of what they are, the headlines, where does your company start an opportunity? Where does that begin for you? And people look at these headings and they typically pick a certain one on average because it talks about, well, market research. And that section also happens to be a certain color. And and the color corresponds to when contracting is ostensibly handed the ball. They've gotten the requirement. They're now doing their job. But what happens is where that step falls is actually in the middle of that process. Now, the hint I give everyone is step seven is post-award. So you don't want that to be where your opportunity starts. You know, even if you're trying to be a sub, you want to be more in the front of it than that. So what happens is there are some, there's another color on there that represents, well, an organization that's not contracting. There's another level of responsibility that is, that is part of this process. And that's where we are focused on helping people start their journey of an opportunity. Because let's just say it this way, on average in the federal sector, if the first time you become aware of an opportunity is a draft RFP, RFI, sources sought, you know, know, even a forecast uh, in most cases, that just makes you like everyone else. So you're in good company. However, comma, if you are able to push that back a bit, you start becoming different. You will stand out more, at least from a metric standpoint, because you're going to start things earlier than the average companies do. Small, medium, and even large. And so this is something I want you to think about. Where is your customer in their journey of creating and acquiring, you know, goods and services or solutions 
for what they need. And where are you and your company the first time you see that or become aware of that opportunity? And just consider this. There's going to be someone out there who is doing things earlier than you. And if that's the case and they're acting earlier on these opportunities, that gives them an advantage, both from the standpoint of information and relationships and ultimately competitively. Something to think about. Folks, thanks for listening. This is the GovCon Geek Squadcast, and I'll talk to you again soon.